Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the second series of Help, I'm in my 20s, a podcast dedicated to career development, stories and inspiration hosted by me, Georgie Hobart-Smith. Today's guest is Hanny Caldwell, who is currently Healthcare Logistics Project Manager for an events company, having previously worked in events sales in the pharmaceutical industry. This is a wonderful conversation with the main theme being that you should take every single opportunity that comes your way. I really hope you all enjoy this as much as I did talking to her. So let's get started. Hi, Hani. Welcome to Help I'm in My Twenties. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Recovering from the super cold, but yeah, <laughs> back on track now. Good. I was glad to hear it. I mean, we were meant to record a couple of weeks ago and you had, you left me a voice note and it was very clear that a podcast wouldn't quite be <laughs> okay with your voice. Oh. No, absolutely not. I had, yeah, completely lost my voice. So take two. We'll try again. Take two. At least we didn't like power on and try to record and hurt your voice more. But glad you're feeling better. (laughs) And I'm very glad that you're able to be part of the podcast. So thank you. To get started, it'd be great if you could give an overview of your career history to date from wherever you want to start from, whether that's in school, in university, to date. Oh, well, you and I met at university. So um, yeah, I started at University of Nottingham studying English, literature, language and drama. Um, initially, I wanted to become a midwife, but decided that I, if I went down that route and I didn't enjoy it, then I would be completely stuck. So I decided to do something completely unvocational and chose English. Um, I don't think I knew that. Did you not? Yeah. Maybe really, my sister is now a midwife. So yeah. that obviously was something in the blood, but <laughs> um, yeah, went down a, a route that was a lot less um, having worked in sales in school holidays and things like that. So mm-hmm. took a sales job in a one of the biggest global events companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And my career trajectory from then on has always been in events. So I very much fell into the sector I'm now in, delegate experiences um, at massive pharmaceutical conferences. Mm. So yeah, it was uh, an experience, um, (laughs) basically working in uh, telemarketing. So um, big KPIs, call center vibes. uh, You wouldn't get away with it now. Um, and from then I decided I'd be better off organizing the events that I was selling than selling them. And I progressed through that company and into an agency environment where I've been for the last five years. 
it's quite a step from being a midwife for sure yes <laughs> so that's so interesting and then of course your sister went on to go do it so they, yeah there must have been something in the family to make you want to go down that path do you think there are any skills in or maybe traits in being a midwife compared to what you do now yeah I think so I guess for me I wanted to pursue a more corporate uh environment but I guess the traits of a midwife is incredibly people focused um and kind of being there for a major moment in someone's life and Mm. I guess that does transcend into the event sector where it's a people's business Mm. it's changed recently with virtual but it's all about engaging people and ideas and minds and um and then it's a huge part in someone's life. I mean, obviously, it's not like a wedding or a christening, but they're big corporate moments that define the brand or define, especially with pharmaceuticals, changing patient lives. Um, so, yeah, I guess there is also a more obvious tie between pharmaceutical healthcare events and midwifery. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that was conscious. I think my background is not scientific. So, um, yeah, I've never actually drawn those two parallels before, but yeah, I guess people focused and uh, and kind of creating unforgettable experiences. Hmm. I mean, that's a great thing to be focused on, I think, creating that unforgettable experience. And being a people person, I only recently really discovered that being a people person, you don't really realise that other people aren't people people because it just comes so naturally. And then you realize actually that is a skill that is something that's really valuable. Whereas sometimes I think if you are a people person, you can sort of take that for granted a little bit. No, hundred percent. And I think it's something that, especially when you write on your CV, it sounds cliche. Mm. And you think that everyone, like you said, has that trait, but it is, it's something that does come naturally to certain people. And I don't think it can be taught in the same way that other skill sets can. So yeah, it's definitely something that drives me. Um, yeah, definitely. And then as part of being people person, I know at university, you got quite involved with committees and were you president of English? Um, oh, yeah, the, 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 the infamous English society. Um, yeah, I was president of that. Um, yeah, obviously kind of got involved with you and I met through lacrosse. Mm-hmm. So sports clubs, um, committees, um was actually event secretary at Nottingham as well um, yeah. in the society so I guess that's where I kind of dabbled in events from that age but so what kind of events were you planning <laughs> socials <laughs> I'm gonna guess yeah events are a lot funner <laughs> than corporate events I have to say um galas balls uh Great. social nights book clubs uh yeah so it was a good introduction and also having that kind of freedom to to kind of create your own event without any outside influence was quite mm. fun. Yeah, I think having that freedom and that independence, almost having the power, it sounds like the wrong word, but it is like the power, the influence. The autonomy, yeah. It. Autonomy, that is a much better word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, I remember, so one of my friends was in the year below us at uni and she also did English. And I think when you first met her, 
she remembered you from a speech you'd given. She was like, weren't you like president of English? Didn't you give a speech to everyone? So public speaking in front of a whole lecture hall, how easy did you find that? So it's really funny you mentioned that because I remember when you told me that someone had remembered me from speaking at a large event. And that shocked me because I'd put it out of my memory completely. <laughs> um, I was terrified. I don't think I did a particularly good job from my personal memory. Um, but it was actually quite uh, humbling to, to think that someone actually remembered something that I did mm, during that time. Yeah, public speaking has been something that I used to do as a child at school and obviously at university. And then when I went into sales, there was this expectation that you could pitch in front of a group of people and speak very eloquently off the cuff. Um, and there was a moment in a training session I had where you had to do sales training and you had to stand up and pitch and basically sell a product in the room. Mm. And I had to do it. And just before I went on stage, they said the CEO of the company has just come in and will watch you. Oh, great. And I had a panic attack and I couldn't do it. And I ran oh, out and I, and from then on, I think I've really struggled with public speaking. Mm. Um, but actually the pandemic, I think, has actually helped me regain a bit more confidence. Um, oh, interesting. Being behind a computer instead of standing mm. in front of people I think gave me that elevated um confidence to to speak without feeling like you're being you're being watched so yeah I've had an interesting relationship public speaking but yeah very kind of your friend to, to remember my uh <laughs> my English speech <laughs> definitely I think it's it is one thing that as you get into your career you're almost expected just to be a great public speaker and expected to be able to pitch but I mean, I remember at school having, we did the English speaking board, the ESB, and within that you had to do a little speech, but that was in primary school. And to be honest, I could chat away forever when I was like a child. In my teenage years became quieter and quieter. Not that you'd guess that now because I <laughs> barely shut me up most of the time. Um, but I got very quiet, very self-conscious in my teens. And then going to uni is when I started to then kind of, I guess, become more expressive, be able to talk in front of larger groups of people and I think it does come easier over time but it doesn't mean it's actually easy in itself and I always yeah. think it's something that in school maybe they could have pushed a little bit more in those opportunities which but maybe they did and maybe I was just like no way am I doing that <laughs> so who knows I think I think you're right though I think it's something that people will naturally have a bit of flair with and they get pushed at school to do that more and more mm. but people do get left behind and it's a professional trait that you don't really learn anywhere and then yeah. especially environments where you know you're in sales or particularly corporate environments you're expected to have this public speaking mm. presence and yeah it's um it's it's an art and it changes throughout your life I think depending on where you are yeah mentally as well I think it's mm. uh yeah it's something that I keep trying to work on and treat to keep trying to get confident in but um yeah mm. I'm not sure I ever will be fully confident in public speaking no I mean it comes naturally to some people and you know it takes more work for others I think most people I think it takes more work to be honest I don't think it's natural for that many people but I 
do also think a lot of it is a subject matter. So if you know that you are the person with that information and no one else actually knows it, you're almost the expert in that. And I find, at least personally, it becomes easier to talk about because I know that, no, I always have this fear of people questioning me and being like, why are you talking, number one? Also, what you're saying isn't right. But maybe it's just the older that we get with more experience. I feel more concrete in what I'm saying and more confident in what I'm saying I mean not always but more so than when I was 21 for example I don't know if you found anything similar yeah I think there's a level of like feeling like you're respected in your field um Mm. so you're less uh less junior and a little bit more confident in answering answering those questions that Mm. once would have probably taken you by surprise so no I completely completely agree I mean you're Mm. very good at (laughs) <laughs> depends who I think I'm, I'm one of those gonna. people that I could do a large room or I could do a very small group but that intermediate size I find more difficult um, would you prefer public speaking to some people you know or complete strangers oh strangers definitely yeah I agree. 100% <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as it's someone I know I don't like it <laughs> I know <laughs> same um but I think that's I think that's interesting I mean you talked a little bit about your first company and how maybe there were some things that you know, even, I don't know, eight years ago, six years ago, there are things there that maybe wouldn't be acceptable now. And I think we were living together for some of the time that you worked there. And there were definitely stories where I was like, this is so different to my role. It was very salesy. There were a lot of targets. And if you hit the targets, it was great. Like you were celebrated. Do you think that even in that company, things have changed or need to change? No, it's frozen. Honey, can you hear me? Hello? Times when... Sorry, honey, it froze. Oh, did it freeze? Yeah, basically when I finished the question, so I didn't hear anything you said. Sorry. No, wait, let me... um... It does seem my connection's unstable. Mm. is it okay now yeah it's fine it was just um i'll start again okay sorry no don't apologize it's my internet um what was i saying what was your question so it was around um like it being quite like a salesy environment how do you think it might change now yeah so i think there's always elements of a sales environment that needs to be uncomfortable um you need to instill that competitive self-driven environment um but in the flip side of that it can be quite uncomfortable and doesn't necessarily develop you as a person in in the right way Mm. some of the stories that you allude to um standing on your chair or standing on the desk when you make a sale ringing a bell that's the one that I remember that's the one that comes to the forefront of my mind yeah call times you had to make sure you hit two hours of call times every day and they were Um, they used to send reports every hour with a leaderboard as to who had made the most calls. Wow. Um, yeah, it was pretty, looking back, it sounds quite brutal, but at the time it was really fun. It was the first mm. job outside of university. That was a great atmosphere. Um, people had just come to London. They wanted to experience London life and earn money. Mm. Um, but there was an element to the KPIs and targets that, didn't necessarily sit well with me and 
going back to our previous discussion about being a people's person I I found it quite removed from mm. from that and um there were elements of cold calling that um doesn't happen as much anymore but that didn't sit well with me so yeah it was tough but I think it really taught me a lot and being able to pick up the phone to a complete stranger mm. who is an expert in their field and try to convince them to come to a conference with high scientific uh sessions that you have no idea what they're talking about and try and convince them to buy a ticket for three grand mm. um definitely taught you resilience uh persuasion listening um, so yeah, it was a great experience, but there were elements of it that were uncomfortable and probably shocked people, but I think they still happen to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm sure they will cold calling. I don't think unfortunately is going anywhere anytime soon, but I guess in some ways it is successful. Yeah. And then having to persuade someone to go to a conference and spend quite a lot of money, like £3,000, for example, that takes a lot of influencing skills. Was that something that they trained you in yeah so we used to have call coaching where they record all your calls and play it back to you and play it back to the team and then they dissect to how you handled the call what you could have done well what you could have done better mm. what you could have what you could have um done worse I guess um so what they a lot of tips and tricks they used to say was to echo the voice of the person on the other end of the phone if they're softer spoken to echo that okay. because they'll be more empathetic to someone that's similar to them nice. um also more direct be more direct listen and uh repeat phrases that they've said again echoing their own mm. thought process and their own values onto themselves um and also i guess the standard usps um you'll have information from previous calls to what they're interested in mm. that you can kind of play on. Um, but yeah, essentially is trying to get them to talk more than you is the key, I would say. Lots of open questions. Yes, yes. Don't let them say yes or no. <laughs> so then from that role, you move within the same company, but more into the event space. At what point did you decide that that was the direction you wanted to go into? It was a really difficult decision and I think I knew that I would be good in an events environment that's more logistics focused. Um, I'm incredibly organized, great communicator um, and I knew that I could bring my sales experience and strong negotiation skills and persuasion skills to an event role. Um, but the events industry can be very... Uh, the word cliquey very difficult to get into a lot of people get into it through specific courses and degrees in event management yeah. but a lot through unpaid internships right um, so I was looking outside of my company to break into the events industry mm. um, as an events manager but it was so difficult um, to do that unless I decided to just not get paid for six months yeah. So I decided. Just don't get paid for six months. <laughs> I know, as if that's still a thing. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, so yeah, so I decided to move internally, which they're incredibly supportive of. Um, but I did take a pay cut of half. Mm. Half. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah, 
um went from a 40 grand salary to a 20 grand salary and wow okay yeah Mm. yeah so that was a really tough decision but one I'd never really looked back on Mm. um and decided to move into a pharmaceutical training environment where they run annual courses Mm. um and running the logistics so um full life cycle management of venue searching budgets attendee management um it was a great experience to get me understanding the basics of, of the industry and then how long were you there for in that role a year a year and then you moved to your current company I did yeah so I'd always dreamt of moving to a creative agency mm. um and I think I got the job through a recruiter Mm. So I didn't necessarily know about the agency prior, but um, joined WRG, which is now known as the Creative Engagement Group. Um, And it is a dynamic, diverse environment with film, events. Um, It's changed massively, but the kind of the fundamental part of the agency was the events sector. Um, And I joined their healthcare logistics team in 2017. So lots of, I guess, takeaways from your last role and you know all the lingo of the pharmaceutical industry so that must have helped quite a bit yeah definitely I think just having that background if anyone uh has worked in the pharmaceutical industry they'll know that there are some really strict regulations um and having that knowledge of pharmaceutical regulations in the event sector is it definitely put me um put me in a good place to get that job Mm. And so what are your main responsibilities or what were your main responsibilities when you first started out? So I started as a delegate manager, which is a fairly entry level role. Um, And that was essentially coordinating the attendee experience. So when you attend an event, we coordinate all your travel, accommodation, and then your actual attendance at the conference. So, yeah, booking flights, visas, the 350 people around the world just a few yeah just a few (laughs) for each event um making sure that each flight was compliant um and Mm. yeah just being that first point of contact for delegates at at these events and both internal and external events for the for the client and so did you find that the delegates would often reach out to you for help yes yes very (laughs) very uh interesting uh delegate requests I feel like there should be an event manager uh confessions book about all the ridiculous requests that event managers get um we had one recently where do I park my helicopter oh nice okay that's a new one um a lot of people allergic to random food okay um very specific requests for different types of pillows in a hotel room okay who knew who knew exactly that wow that's amazing and so you have to somehow problem solve and get that fixed or find out some very specific pieces of information yeah and there's there's a high expectation and you are the person of that they contact for anything Mm. during the event so you're that face of the event essentially so Mm. when anything goes well but mainly when anything goes wrong you're there to (laughs) to handle it and like you said troubleshooting Mm. um 
yeah, you definitely have to be a, a, a good problem solver. Good problem solver. And I remember when you were doing that role pre-pandemic, you were traveling a lot and going to all of these conferences, which on yeah. social media looks incredible. But I also know <laughs> from talking to you that actually that's one five minute picture of the whole week that you might be there. So what goes yeah. into those? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you actually have to go there and be on the ground. Yeah, so part of an event manager's role is the best part is going on site. Obviously, it's also the most stressful part, but for our role at uh, WRG was a lot of travel, like you said. So mm. one month I'd be in Hong Kong, the next I'd be in San Diego. Um and yes, on the face of it, the travel was amazing and I cannot wait for it to return. Mm. But you are expected, obviously, to still work in these countries. So you may land at 4 a.m. in the morning, get a couple of hours sleep and then be straight into a meeting at 7 a.m. Mm. Um, with the jet lag. Um, you're often on site for up to 10 days at a time. And there have been events where you may only leave the hotel once or twice in that time. Um, some are great some you get to actually explore um, the country you're in when San Francisco was a great one for us we managed to get out for for a few hours and saw Golden Gate Golden Gate Bridge Um, it's been so long since I've left the country (laughs) Um, and yeah and just experiencing the culture but it is it's not what it appears Mm. on on Instagram Um, and I guess that's something I've been conscious of and trying to show both sides being in the project office at 3am printing name badges 
but also in a cocktail bar the next day so ups and downs yeah <laughs> the ups and downs yeah but it's definitely a massive perk and mm. um I've been to places I never would have been you know personally so yeah and then of course coronavirus came along and stopped yes. all that so obviously that had a huge impact on the events industry how did yeah how did your role change as part of that yeah I mean it was uh, a massive shock um essentially being told overnight that your job is illegal uh that you can no longer do your job in any way um was really really hard um and you and I have had many discussions about this or <laughs> possibly could have chosen the worst industries to yeah. work in during a if pandemic travel great <laughs> yeah, really good from us um but I do I think I can look back on it now and think of it as a positive disruptive experience that made you think about your career and what you want out of life mm. um overnight we we couldn't travel so we were plunged into the virtual event space which a lot of events companies would like to have said they've done before mm. but never to this scale um and the expectation from the client to have an event virtually with the same interaction as a face-to-face event was really hard mm. um so yeah so for the last 18 months I've been uh project managing virtual events um, and now starting to look into hybrid face-to-face again but yeah virtual world is very very different definitely I mean I've had a number of I think like many people virtual conferences um over the last couple of years and I did actually go to an in-person conference the other day stop it tell me about it Well, it was only in London, so it wasn't as um, exotic and abroad, but it was still nice to be there. And you do bump into people who you haven't seen in a couple of years, you know, within your industry. And that's really nice. And you can hear from people firsthand. And I think you do miss that. Although I've got to say, I didn't miss all the salespeople trying to <laughs> get me to spend my budget with them. <laughs> it's like head down, no. hide the name badge. <laughs> That is true. There are some perks for sure. But I think you're right. I think it's those organic instances where you connect with people that you either haven't seen in years or you never have crossed paths with. Um, And you can't emulate that virtually as much as I would like to say that you can. I think face-to-face will never be replaced. I agree. And we can even see that working in the office, I think. Having worked from home a lot and now I'm going back in again, and I know you've been in quite a lot, you do miss just overhearing that conversation or seeing someone or someone sees you and it sparks, oh yeah, it would be great if you could be part of this. Whereas sometimes you may have just completely missed that, found out about it later. And those, I mean, the water cooler chats as well. Yeah. You just see people around, you get a little catch up with them and they're like, oh yeah, so that's this project's happening. Oh, it's actually not this month, it's this month. Just those little small bits of information are really helpful, but unless you ask someone by email, you're not really going to get that unless you're in the office with them. I think that's a massive perk. Exactly. And I think the balance in the future will be, and the next, not challenge, because it's something that we do have to overcome, but again, for the events and travel industry, Mm. is sustainability and the environment. And I think this has forced us to look at 
human behavior and we can still have face-to-face events and travel um but it's having that conscious uh consciousness around events Mm. is this necessary to travel we used to fly doctors from australia to london for a one-hour meeting yeah wow and now you look at that and think that's crazy but before we used to do that all the time Mm. um colleagues of mine have been to australia for for a two-hour event wow they were in the air longer than they were on the ground so i think we have to be really mindful of of why we're meeting in person Mm. um and companies will be more conscious of it, but I, I don't think that face-to-face will ever be replaced. I think um, it's just doing it in the right way mm. um, and having more local meetings as well, um, having hubs locally um, and, and kind of incorporating that hybrid element of an, of an, oh, speak, of an event will be the future, I think, of events, mm. incorporating, incorporating that sustainability. Mm, I think that makes sense, especially as so many companies so you know business flyers their companies for example so banks they're writing into their corporate policies these sustainability measures which then mean less travel you have to really justify your travel even more so now um based on those kind of sustainability credentials otherwise no one will won't get anywhere unfortunately so we do need to do that so within the last couple of years at this current company you did change role how did your role change I guess in that time yeah um so I've always been striving for the next thing um and I've tried to progress because I took a career change from sales to logistics and event management I was always conscious of gaining the promotions or experience mm. potentially faster than than others so um I was lucky enough and, and worked hard, I guess, to mm. gain two promotions in the first couple of years. So went from delegate manager to senior delegate manager mm. and then project manager. So starting off being a member of a team and then in the last few years, project managing logistics teams mm. um, for face-to-face and virtual. So that changed massively in the sense that although it's not line management, it's managing projects and project teams in order to, to exceed those client briefs. Mm. Um, and then more recently, during the pandemic, uh, obviously redundancy was a massive mm. um, threat to, to, to a lot of us. Um, went through a couple of rounds of that, managed to stay within the company, which I'm hugely grateful for, mm. but chose that opportunity to immerse myself in as many secondments as I could um, within the client teams or within other business divisions within the agency. Mm. Um, so I became a production manager on virtual events, um, a medical uh, writer, project manager, um, and more recently seconded within the pharmaceutical client that I work for as a uh, medical or global medical and R&D uh, project manager project managing those events internally for the client so yeah it's been a really challenging few months um but one that's really elevated my my experience my skill set well it's great that when you know there are periods of furlough and you know facing redundancy or part-time working that actually you're able to take on those comments and as you say you've really consciously wanted to improve your experience and elevate yourself and these are all things that will do that. 
So I think that's, yeah. you know, it's a great initiative to just take every opportunity that comes your way. Yeah, and I think when you're faced with losing your job, which I think not many of us have experienced, but I know through the pandemic, a lot of, it really hit, you know, 18 to 30 age mm-hmm. group. And it's something you're never prepared for. I know you and I have had this conversation, but the prospect of being made redundant for me, I just thought happened to people in their, you know, 50s, yeah. 60s, get a big payout. Whereas during a pandemic, it was very cutthroat, mm. very scary that overnight your industry is completely decimated and you don't really know where it's going to recover. So I think it really taught me to be hungry for opportunity. And that's something I definitely take moving forward and mm. would tell anyone in the position if you have any opportunities that come your way even if they seem scary or challenging just take them because you have no idea mm. how you're going to get on and you're most likely going to thrive that's amazing or learn that you really don't like something <laughs> yeah like, well hey knowing that you don't like something can mean that you won't necessarily make a mistake later on so exactly. all good learning trial and error exactly <laughs> And we should also say congratulations because in 2020, you were recognised as Conference News 30 Under 30, which is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a very strange time to receive an event award, 2020. (laughs) Yeah. A huge boost and very honoured to be recognised amongst such talented um, peer industry. So, yeah, that was that was great. Went to an actual awards ceremony. Yeah. Very, very proud moment for me. Yeah. Definitely. And it just shows all your hard work is really paying off as well. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. And I think, yeah, it took me by surprise. I didn't think I would get it, but um, it was just so humbling to meet other people in the industry during such a difficult time for, mm. for the events industry to kind of gather together and um, be empowered by, by others, you know, others' mm. talent. And yeah, it was great. It was, yeah. That's so good. And then you were actually able to go to a real event, which is also lovely for yeah. the industry. Do you think it was helpful for networking? Do you think, do you keep in touch with any of those people at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Conference News are very uh, proactive in, in industry mm. events and yeah, met some great people through it, um, networking opportunities, and also as an event professional, keeping up to date with industry um, trends, Mm. suppliers venues um it's a constantly changing industry and you have to keep up to date and venues are having to completely rebrand themselves as Mm. hotels and technology yeah hotels to to facilitate the the kind of events that we do now so I think it's been really exciting to to engage with not only event managers but suppliers and venues as to to what the future holds for the industry Mm. yeah I think I mean I find it hard enough to book um a pub for my birthday knowing you know <laughs> where to go and I say that because literally today I'm trying to book a pub for my birthday and I'm like where do I go <laughs> well yeah, you have an event manager on hand as always oh, thank you any suggestions are very welcome but I mean I can't imagine having to you know that's for what 30 people I don't have 30,000 people coming to my event so <laughs> it's a slightly different um but I think that's great and I, as you say it's so nice that you were able to be recognized as part of that so maybe that is the best thing but I asked four questions at the end of every um episode and so the first one is what has been the best thing of your career to date and you can say that or you can say something else 
I think that definitely be, would be one of them. Um, yeah, I think we're sometimes quite shy to admit things like that. And I think we should celebrate moments um, of reward. So that would definitely be one of them. I think singular best moment. I don't know if it's a singular moment, but I think for me, the travel that I did pre-pandemic, um, running events in Taipei, Hong Kong, Singapore, Dubai, it's mm. such an experience and immersing yourself in another culture as much as you can outside of the hotel. <laughs> um, that's definitely um, uh, a top experience. And yeah. although I'm not a scientific person, um, I have worked in the healthcare events sector for seven years. And I think you do see the impact these events have on patients' lives. And that's something I didn't really anticipate would be so rewarding prior to moving into the industry, but it is quite um, humbling. And I said the word humbling about 100 <laughs> times in this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's rewarding on another level. It's um, mm. it's an events industry in, in the healthcare sector where it, you are making a difference in, in some small way. So yeah. I- I think that's really interesting because pharma sometimes does get a bad, bad rep, maybe less so in the last, you know, two years with the vaccine and everything or vaccines, plural. But the, I think that it's really nice that actually sometimes it gets a bad rep, but ultimately it's helping people. And that's something like we shouldn't forget. And it's nice that you can actually see that come through in your role as well. Yeah, definitely. So then conversely, what has been the hardest thing during your career today? Well, I think we've, <laughs> we've dwelled long enough on the COVID situation, mm-hmm. so I won't dwell further on that. But um, the worst. Not necessarily the worst, just the hardest. The <laughs> I think there are times in an event manager's life where you just think the universe is against you. And no matter how organized you are, how much pre-planning you do, there's nothing that prepares you for some situations. I had one particularly low moment where I was managing an event and two minutes before the entire attendees arrived, the uh, ceiling started collapsing and water pouring through the ceiling. Someone left their bathtub running in the room above. And all the technical equipment was uh, flooded and I had delegates arriving at the door to come in for this meeting. So yeah, it's times like that where you're like, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. Um, What did you do? (laughs) uh, There was no other meeting space. So I had to put, I had to fashion a screen from one side (laughs) of the room to the other cut the water off and get some more AV equipment. It was very stressful. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, but you do thrive off that adrenaline, but it's moments like that where you're like, I have no idea how to handle this. Um, <laughs> and you do question yourself and what you've done to deserve it. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't expect at a conference that someone's having a bath above you. It's just not something you've really put together, do you? <laughs> no, but it's now something I'll look into when I do a venue search. <laughs> no running water in the building yeah (laughs) oh I don't want to jinx it we we want some running water (laughs) (laughs) so now looking forward what would you like the future to hold for you so I definitely feel more uh positive about the future 
the events industry. Mm. Um, I definitely see myself in the event sector near future, um, but I'm one of those people who will seek opportunity wherever it comes. So I'm not going to typecast myself as just an event manager, but I definitely want to immerse myself in clients that are more diverse than pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. So having more creative autonomy with clients in the in other industries like auto automotive or um sports brands somewhere where you can have a bit more creative input the pharmaceutical industry can be very highly regulated mm. and it kind of saps the innovation out of an event manager's role mm. um so i see myself pursuing the events uh an events career with other clients um and also potentially reaching a position where i'm managing an account but yeah who knows um I definitely want to work abroad at some point but yeah I I definitely don't restrict myself to one particular career path I think it's important Mm. to be open-minded um we fall into different industries for various reasons but if you enjoy it keep doing it Mm. and yeah I'm going to keep doing that until the next thing well I think it's really brave that you did completely change what you were doing from going in from sales into events management and you know you you said that you took quite a financial cut so I, I personally think that's really brave to almost turn your life on its head but maybe in your 20s that is the right time to do it definitely I think any time is the right time but especially in your 20s we're told to get this start the career ladder at Mm. 21 when you've come out of university doing a degree that let's be honest a lot of us Mm. don't necessarily see a long-term career in um and it's okay to try different roles industries and I think perhaps our parents generation stayed in sectors and jobs for a lot longer Mm. um for different reasons but I think our generation are, are more uh confident or curious as to different experiences and Mm. yeah and definitely I've never looked back Uh, the the pay cut was difficult to begin with Um, and I will warn people going into the events industry it's not necessarily the highest paid but there is huge reward with travel and Mm. um, the people you meet and the cultures you experience so yeah well it's great that you get the reward for it in the end and I mean if you you wouldn't have necessarily noticed that if that had been the starting point for example but you would, I guess, before you're also very lucky and, you know, you worked hard in sales, but sales is maybe quite hard, but high reward as well. And so by comparison, yeah. it's a change. So if you were to give someone advice who maybe wanted to do something similar to you, whether it's change career, whether it's go into events or go into the pharmaceutical industry, maybe, what advice would you give them? I think if the last months have told me anything is just go for opportunities that come your way Mm. thrive off that nervous energy and push yourself because you you will rarely regret it and I think you discover things in yourself that you might not have known before Mm. um money isn't the be all and end all um career satisfaction comes from much more than your paycheck um it's important and it motivates and drives us all but I think Mm. don't be put off by industries or career moves that 
are less money because yeah. you could be putting yourself on a traje- career trajectory that is so much more rewarding and suited to you. I think that's really good advice and just taking every opportunity that comes to you is something that you obviously have done and it served you really well but and and being publicly recognized for that is amazing I mean I in this conversation I knew already that you took opportunities and that you had a kind of go for it attitude but it's just reinforced that in talking to you so it's been really really wonderful and I can't wait to talk more as the years go on and we decide what on earth we're going to do the rest of our lives but thank you so much Hani for being part of Help I'm in my 20s thank you so much for having me and let me know if you need any help with your 30th (laughs) thanks I might actually (laughs) (laughs) here for venue searches and budget management (laughs) perfect thank you very much (laughs) cheers Georgie Thank you so much, Hanny Caldwell, for being part of Help I'm in My 20s. It was such a lovely conversation and I took away so much and I can't wait to just go for it wherever possible and take every single opportunity that I can. If you like this episode, please do subscribe, rate, follow me wherever you can, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Help I'm in My 20s. Looking ahead to maybe a third series, if you'd like to be involved, please just reach out to me on Instagram and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.